Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is the verse we've been using as our text for this radical transformation series of lessons. And in this radical uh, transformation, this is the fourth in a series of messages. We talked about our spiritual health the first week, physical health the second week, and then the third week we talked about mental health. And I want you to read your bulletin again because I, I, don't, wanna, uh, I don't want anybody to think I would just kind of you know, blew off mental pride. I know there are all kinds of reasons, organic reasons for difficulties, and, and that would also reflect on our emotions and on the ability to control the emotions. So I'm not going to treat it lightly, but for most of us, this lesson today is absolutely ap- ac- applicable. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let us transform you into a new person by how? By changing the way you think. That's pretty, that's pretty radical. Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I found a corollary to that this week reading in in the pastoral epistles in in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. In the Amplified, it says, For he, God, has rescued us and drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness. He has rescued us. He has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So the way that we would act and operate in a dark world that is spiritually cut off from God is entirely different than the way we would operate or the way we should operate when we've been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. So today we will study uh, about our emotional health. And I want you to know that when Jesus was asked uh, what the greatest commandments were. He gave two verses, but, but one is the most important, he said, commandment is this, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And that is the totality of humankind. Not just the fit, you to love them physically, you to love them spiritually, you to love them emotionally, you to love them mentally, you to love them with every single thing that you have. And I wonder if you hear, as I do in that verse, the emotion loving him completely, feel it, heart, soul, mind, strength, love him totally. If you love your spouse, I hope you love your spouse totally. If you love your children, I hope you love your children totally. Unconditional love, mind, soul, um, heart, strength, everything. So that, that emotional part of us is very important. So the first point here is understanding our emotions. And it might seem kind of strange to you, God also has emotions. God also has emotions. The anger of God, the wrath of God is incurred when people uh, go against him and and people plan evil and things that he said not to. He, He feels anger. He feels joy. He feels grief. He feels pain. Jesus felt pain. He feels... um, hatred of evil. We have emotionals, and many of them the same. Anger or anxiety, I'm not sure God has that one. Depression, I'm not sure God has that one. Fear, I'm not sure God has that one. Grief and guilt and shame and loneliness and stress and worry, those are feelings. Those are emotions that we have based on a variety of things. And our ability to feel is a gift from God. I read about one time a lady... I think it was a lady, a person anyhow, who didn't have any, um, the ability to feel physical pain on a physical level. And you would think, wow, that would be great. You know, never feel pain. But it wasn't, it was, it was not a good thing because she would do things, she would burn herself severely without realizing that she was 
touching something extremely hot. Or she would, she would have uh, something that would turn into an abscess or an infection without realizing even that she had been cut or bruised badly. And, and so it isn't a blessing not to be able to feel. It is a blessing to be able to feel. God gave you and God gave me that ability to feel. Emotions can be a great asset. It's one of the things that makes us like him because the Bible says in Genesis 1, 25 and 26, God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And of course, he wasn't referring to a physical form. Uh, God, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, a triune God. He was talking about are having a mind, will, emotions, life consciousness, and so on. So, so emotions are a gift from God. <clears throat> emotions can be good things. They can be bad things. So there's two extremes to avoid. Emotionalism. Emotionalism, where all that matters is how I feel. If it feels good. When I was growing up in the 60s, there was, if it feels good, you know, do it. It's good. Uh, but that's not necessarily right. Uh, the goal of life becomes feeling good. Uh, feeling good can become an idol. There are even feel-good religions. There are feel-good churches where you're only told the positive and um, you're not told about sin. You're not told about right or wrong. You're just told to think positive thoughts and smile a lot and everything will be okay. <clears throat> and that's not, that's not right. So emo- pure emotionalism is not uh, is not a correct thing to do, not a correct way to live. But then there's the other extreme, which is stoicism. Either you don't have any emotions or feelings, or you don't display any emotions or feelings at all. Feelings aren't important. They're discounted totally. If you ever want to read about a wide array of emotions, read the book of Psalms. My goodness, there's every emotion uh, probably imaginable in the book of Psalms as the psalmists emote. So, uh, so understanding our emotions. Secondly, why should we manage our emotions? Why do we have to manage it? Why don't we just let them run? Why don't we just go with it? Again, if it feels good, do it. If, I, if I'm happy, just be extremely happy. Well, why, why do we need to manage them? There are four important reasons. First of all, because our feelings are often unreliable. And our feelings can lead us in the wrong direction. The book of Proverbs also says there's a way that seems right to man. But in the end, it leads to death. Proverbs 14, 12. It seems right, but it's wrong. It seems like the thing to do. It seems like the way to go. I, it just feels good. Picture I feel like it's all right. It's not important that we feel like it's right. It's important that the word of God says it is right. We are to go with not our feelings in that case if they contradict the Word of God, but with the Word of God. Our feelings are often unreliable, leading us in the wrong direction. Secondly, because we don't want to be manipulated. I do not like to be manipulated. Do you? I don't like people kind of, and salespeople are great at this, aren't they? And, and these people, are you getting these phone calls nonstop, people wanting to twist your arm and get you to vote or get you to buy something or get you to do whatever, and they, they try these little techniques. I know one time, it's been a long time ago because we learned, we went to one of these, uh, uh, what was that called, Pat, a, like a timeshare deal or something, and uh, you know, if you go, you get a free grandfather clock or whatever it was, you know, something, oh, that's cool, I like grandfather clocks, so I'll go sit there for however many hours, and, and uh, so I, I did that, and the whole time, and we told him at the beginning, we told him, you know, we're not, we're not going to, we're just here for the clock. 
I mean, <laughs> figured if they're going to say, you know, take a hike, they, that'd be a good time to do it. So we sat through the whole thing. We got down to the end. I'm telling you, they turned us inside out, upside down, shook us. Uh, they, they tried to get, I mean, they, they did everything they could imagine. And finally, he said, there's something like this, Pat, I can't remember exactly, but it's something like, well, if you're just not ready for the finer things in life, I'm not, because it's going to cost me too much money every month. That's why I'm not ready for the finer things in life. So give me my clock. <laughs> Which, by the way, wasn't the finest thing in life. It was the cheesiest, cheapest, ugliest clock I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And so, you, you know what? I, I don't like to be manipulated. I get real, you know, when salesmen, we, we, we walk on a car lot sometimes, which we don't do very often, but if we do, all of a sudden it's... People start surrounding you, you know, they join hands, start singing and chanting and doing their haka and all that kind of stuff and trying to get you in to see the manager who takes you in to see the other manager who takes you deep in the bowels of the auto dealership, vowing never to let you go until you surrender your checkbook uh, to them. You know, I, I don't like to be manipulated. But we're not only manipulated by salespeople, we are manipulated by our own emotions, we can be manipulated by our own emotions. How many times you felt good and you've done something that you shouldn't have, or you felt really bad and you've done something you should not have? Let me tell you something. Satan, and that's the, next, that's the third one who manipulates us, but Satan, though he's not omniscient, Satan is well aware of human emotions. Satan is well aware of human nature, and he knows how to set traps. And he probably knows you pretty well. He knows me really well. He knows what our weaknesses are. He knows where we're liable to stumble. And I'm going to tell you something. He knows when we're up and he knows when we're down. He knows when we're on the mountaintop. He knows when we're going through the valley. And when we go through the valley, that's when he's liable to pounce on you and use your emotions and manipulate you into doing something that you shouldn't do. But as I read to the kids a little while ago, a person without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. Whatever that emotion is, if it starts running away with you, you become defenseless. So we need to keep it in check. When Satan begins to manipulate us, his favorite tool is negativity. Negativity, the glass is half empty. Well, if it's half empty, as you've heard before, it's also half full. Oh, I can't. I can't do it. I just can't do it. My mom had a saying, can't never did anything, except she was from Kentucky, so it was can't. Can't never did anything. Probably can't never did nothing is what she really said, but I don't want to tell you that. Uh, so, uh, so, so can't never, if you, if you figure out you can't do something, you probably can't do it. God says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, it's impossible. That's impossible for me to change. It's impossible for me to rewire my mind. It's impossible for me to, to, to learn how to think differently. Well, Jesus said, what's impossible for people is possible with God. Well, you don't know my, my mom, my dad. There's no way they're going to turn to Christ. You don't know them. No, it's impossible. No, it's all things are possible with God. Well, there's no way it's going to work. Well, Jesus is the way the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. The havoc that Satan wreaks in our lives because we believe his lies or half-lies, which a half-lie is a lie also. First Peter 5, 8 says, 
be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we've got to learn to control our emotions because they're not always right. Feelings can be unreliable because we don't want to be manipulated. Thirdly, because we want to please God. God cannot be our God in control of us if something or someone else is in control of us. If our emotions are controlling us, then they become our God. In effect, it's an idolatrous type of thing. In Romans 8, 6 and 8, it says to be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. Those who obey their human nature, listen to this, cannot please God. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. I want to please God. I know that I need God's help to do that, but I know that I've got to keep my emotions in check with the help of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, I'm going to be doing things that will not be pleasing to Him. Fourth reason we need to check, watch our emotions is because we want to succeed in our Christian walk. I assume you want to succeed in your Christian walk. Your, your emotional quotient, your EQ, determines your success more than your IQ. Your emotional quotient determines your success more than your intellectual quotient. You ever seen anyone waste their life because they only do what they feel like doing? I'm really concerned about Prop 64, and I'm concerned about it because of some of the stuff I've heard from other states that have uh, approved recreational marijuana. I understand there's medicinal use, and I believe there is a bona fide medicinal use. But I don't know about you, but there must be a lot of people where I live who are, who, who are on that particular prescription because they leave their bottles, their little, their little bottles of marijuana all over the, I mean, literally all around uh, our neighborhood. And I'm, I'm hearing more DUI type of problems and traffic and, and arrests. I, I saw a special on TV, was it Friday night, about babies that are born now addicted to the main chemical that's in marijuana because moms are, are smoking marijuana in, uh, in Colorado. Emergency rooms are going crazy in Colorado. I mean, go online, check it out. Don't have to listen to me. Prop 64 wanted to legalize it here, and I think in about seven or eight other states, uh, we're becoming a nation that wants to be controlled by anything and everything other than God. We're not supposed to be brought under the control of anything else. The Bible says we'd be controlled by the Spirit of God, not by chemicals. It passes here, and I'll tell you what will happen. People, a lot of people are going to feel like doing is sitting around getting high or eating cookies. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You want to succeed in life. The only place the, the word success is found in the King James Bible is in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and it's linked directly with meditating on the law of God and doing what's written therein. Proverbs 5.23 says people get lost and die because of their foolishness and lack of self-control. And I'm stuck on marijuana, but I'm going to tell you what, it is a gateway drug. It absolutely is a gateway because you will do things under the influence of marijuana that you wouldn't normally do. You will do things under the influence of alcohol that you wouldn't normally do because they both lower the threshold of resistance to certain things. Amen, preacher, preacher. When you give your heart to Jesus, that includes your emotions. 
That includes your emotions. Jesus wants to be the Lord of your feelings too. Not just your mind, not just your body, not just your spirit. He wants to be the Lord of your emotions too, submitting to him totally in all things. From now on, Peter said, you must, Paul said, uh, you, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires. So how do we do it? How do we manage them? Okay, we should because of these reasons and probably a lot more. How do we do it? Because emotions are so strong. How do we manage unwanted emotions? First point is name it. Recognize it. You cannot manage a vague feeling. You cannot manage a feeling that you will not acknowledge that you have. You've got to pinpoint it. You've got to identify it. Here's a corollary for for our efforts in the Middle East right now. You can't fight an enemy that you can't name. And I understand not all, I, I don't, I'm not saying all Muslims are our enemy. I'm saying radical Islam is an enemy of Jesus Christ, an enemy of Christians and Christianity and freedom and freedom-loving people. So you, you, you can't fight an enemy effectively if you can't name them, and we cannot manage an emotion if we don't admit that we have problems. We say, well, preacher, I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm confused about what I'm feeling. Well, the psalmist said that too. He said in Psalm 55 too, my thoughts are restless and I'm confused. So, so ex- ask yourself, what is it you're really feeling? What is it you're really thinking? Write it down. Name it in order to do something about it. You can't solve a problem until you admit that you have it. Second thing is challenge it. Challenge that unwanted emotion. Challenge that sinful emotion. Challenge that emotion that will take you down the wrong road. Don't just automatically accept that your feelings are accurate. We talked about that. David, in fact, asked God to evaluate his feelings. And in Psalm 26, 2, he says, Lord, cross-examine me in the NLT. Can you imagine that? Lord, cross-examine me. Test my motives and my affections. You know why? Because David realized he couldn't Trust his own emotions a lot of the time. And, and folks, we're wise when we realize that we don't always, that we can't trust ourselves. We, we've got to have God cross-examine us. And sometimes you need a friend who will come alongside of you to challenge you. Sometimes we need to get an accountability partner. She is my accountability partner. She's my main one right there. She knows so much about me. If you want to know, she's not going to tell you because she's real confidential about it. And that's good. She knows she knows my phone, my computer, my iPad. Uh, she, she knows they're available and open to her. I tell her, you go check those anytime you want to, day or night. You check them. I don't sit somewhere with uh, hidden behind my computer screen. I want her to check. She doesn't do it very often, she says, but I, I want her to because I want accountability. Because you know why? I can do just anything any other guy can do. There's not a sin out there, guys, that you and I can't be guilty of. And to think otherwise, in my opinion, is to be prideful. So, so sometimes we need someone who is a friend enough who can come alongside of us and say, what is the matter with you? What are you doing? Job 15, 12, Eliphaz asked Job, why has your heart carried you away? Why are you out of control? What is this rant you're on? Proverbs 27, 6 says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Have you had times in your life when 
a friend has come to you kind of cautiously and kind of not real sure how you're going to receive it and pointed out something that was wrong that you were doing, thank God for that kind of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of, of, of the deceitful of the enemies is deceitful. I, 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 some people will will just you know will just pump you up and flatter you. But a person who is truthful, a person who loves you and is concerned about you and are truthful, that's a valuable thing. So, have you given anyone permission to challenge your feelings, challenge your decisions, challenge what you're saying, challenge what you're doing? What's the, give them permission to ask whatever they need to ask. Why are you doing this? What's the real reason you're feeling that way? Is what you're doing right? Is it helping or is it hurting? I, I don't know about you. I'm gonna be, I'll be real upfront with you. The biggest battle I have is on the freeways. I've told you this before, right? You know, because I feel like I, I, I've never been a driving instructor, but somehow or another, I think I could really teach some people some things about how to drive. And quite frankly, the reason I have preacher on one of my license plates is because that keeps me from feeling like I have to teach everybody who's on the road how to drive. Do you, let me ask you this. You go into a restaurant and you sit there for a long time. You finally get a menu and then you sit there for a long time and then you get a glass of water and you start getting ticked. I know you never do this, but uh, some people actually start getting unhappy. Do you get better service when you get mad at the waitress? No. Makes me wonder what she's doing to your food back in the kitchen. (laughs) Does, Does nagging your spouse or your kids help their behavior or their attitude towards you? You need to challenge you, you need to name whatever it is, uh, a negative emotion. Then you need to challenge it. Is there really no redeeming features about my life? We get so down. We, we start majoring on, on the few things that are not going exactly the way we would like to, them to go, and we forget about the myriad of blessings that God has poured in our life. And, and I, please, again, I know there are some things that some people in this room go through that I don't know how you do it, and I don't know how I would do it. I'm not saying I would just go through it and be a champ and go through on the other side and everything's fine. But you need to name those emotions, negative emotions. You need to challenge them, and then you need to tame them. Last week, we talked about managing your mind. Today, I want to talk about your heart. And so in your notes, I put in some areas that, that I think are common areas. And on the back table um, where you sign in there for the name tags, the tall table, there are some three-by-five cards that are printed out with these also. These are just some scriptures to look at. This is direction from God and God's word, how to handle pride or fear or hurt or depression or whatever. Let me give you, give me, let me give you, give a, I can't talk. Let me give you, an, for example here, okay? Because I'm in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, so let's just go down to verse 9. Okay, somebody offends you. Somebody says something 
bad about you. Somebody does something mean to you at work, at home, uh, in church. It doesn't matter where it is. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate that which is evil. Cling to that which is good. Listen to this. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. This applies to people around you. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing diligent in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Listen to verse 14. Bless them who persecute you. What? Are you kidding me? Bless them who persecute. That guy, what he said, we did it work. I'm supposed to bless. Are you kidding me? That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense to our human nature. But it makes all kinds of sense to the spirit of God. Because when Jesus was accused, he oftentimes didn't even respond to defend himself. Bless them who persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them who rejoice, weep with them that weep, be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but condescend. Lower yourself to men of low estate, be not wise in your own conceits. Listen to this, verse 17, recompense to no one evil for evil. Don't pay back to anyone evil for evil. They were evil toward you, don't you be evil toward them. I'm going to get even. I'm going to get ahead. Those attitudes are not scriptural, not Christian, not good, not godly attitudes. Pay back to no one evil for evil. Rather, provide things honest in the sight of men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it's written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Set your wrath aside, because God says, I will take care of it. Therefore, if, you're, if your enemy is is hungry, feed him. What? If he is thirsty, then give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You cannot overcome evil with more evil, because if you put more evil on top of evil, you have a bigger pile of evil. The only way you can overcome evil is by doing good. So, so this has to do with when, when you've been hurt. Or, or when, you're, when you're angry at someone, or, or when there's, there's some contention, this is how to handle it. Uh, this, this is a, a way to control your emotions. So, so the list of things on the, uh, down here and on the back table, uh, pride, fear, hurt, depression, stress, worry. We talked about the seven affirmations. That's one way to deal with, with stress and pressure. Temptation. How do you deal with temptation? Continues to come. Suffering, guilt, loneliness. That's a big deal. Grief and sorrow, weariness. And when you're reading in your scriptures, when you're reading your Bible, and, and, I don't, and you come across verses, it's not here, but all of a sudden you come across a verse, and God speaks that verse to you, and all of a sudden it's like it jumps off the page, and you say, you know what, that was for me today. That was God talking to me today. Write that verse down. Keep it in a journal somewhere. Refer to it. Write down, God spoke to me today in this verse. I can't tell you the number of times over the years that that's happened for me and encouraged me and, 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 and got me through some tough times. Dismiss any feeling that doesn't make you feel more like Jesus Christ. Zechariah 4.6 says this way, You will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord all-powerful. He's the one that will help you. So in closing, what? Every day, ask God to fill you with his spirit. In Galatians 5.22, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, listen to this. This is the kind of fruit 
that it will be in us. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those are the things that are going to flood your life when the Holy Spirit controls your life. Now, when your own spirit controls it, and it's contrary to what the Holy Spirit wants, these things are going to be missing. And who doesn't want love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, um, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Every day, ask God to fill us with this. When we get up in the morning, God, please fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Ask God to help manage your emotions every single day. Manage your reactions because your reactions need to be responses, not reactions. Reaction is bad. Reaction is, uh, you know, that's an explosion. You don't want an explosion. You don't want a reaction. You want a response, which is more gentle. So self-control means controlling the tongue, Proverbs 13, 3, and a lot of other things. Here's the keys. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. God, help us to be healthy spiritually to be healthy physically, to be healthy mentally, and to be healthy emotionally. I, I, I don't want to quit, but I've got to, but I don't want to quit. But, but the thing is, you can, you can change your emotions in a positive way with the Word of God and with thinking God's thoughts after Him. You can be in the lowest valley. You can be way down here. And, and if you will make yourself get into the Word of God, make yourself start saying certain verses and thinking certain things about what God has done for you and how much God loves you, you can elevate your feelings. You can elevate your emotions by letting the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Don't live down here when God wants us to live up here. You're God's child. He died for you. On the cross, he created you, breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. You became a living soul. He has provided for you to this point in time. Sure, there have been difficult times. Sure, there have been problems. Man that is born of woman is, is a few days and full of trouble. And as the sparks fly upward, that's, that's the way it is. That is life in a sin-cursed world. But you're here today. You've gotten through every single situation where you didn't know if you were going to make it through. You got through to this point. So let God affirm you, not your emotions. Let God's spirit control you, not your emotions. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that we would seek to be absolutely controlled by your Holy Spirit, that we would react, not react, that we would respond to the leadership of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, I know that some wrestle and just have a terrible time with discouragement, negative thoughts, depression, and yet I know that, God, you love them so much that you sent your Son to die for them on the cross, and he rose again for them, and that, Father, you can give us liberty. You're the God who heals all of our diseases. You're the God who restores our health. You're the one who does everything for us, Lord. May we look at that. May we keep our eyes on you, not on self. And may your Holy Spirit fill us today and tomorrow and the next day. And no matter what happens, may we trust you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please?
This invitation, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. My wife's up here, ladies, Rachel's here, Fitz is up here, I'm up here. And if God's speaking to your heart and you need, you know, you, you say, you know what? I need to name it. I need to identify it. I need to claim it. I need to, I, I need to know. Uh, maybe you need to come and have prayer. Maybe you need to come and just say, would you pray for me about whatever it is? Or just come and kneel and pray at the front here. Whatever you need to do. If you want to join the church, if you want to be baptized, if you want to receive Christ as your Savior, you come right now as they lead us in the invitation.